1: You're listening to Satellite Sisters. We're so happy you're here with us today. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and producer. And uh that that's all i got today i'm busy this morning i've already made a pharaoh salad oh i've already made one pharaoh salad today so Liz, what's Wait. happening with you okay
0: i'm liz dolan i'm in santa monica california Leanne, did you notice that there's a pharaoh salad fan club that is formed in the satellite sisters facebook group
1: i'm happy to see it i'm happy to see it
0: people are loving that well i am um i am a marketer and we have a major marketing story we're going to talk about today i'm just gonna say it's flaming hot people it's flaming hot <laughs> hi i'm julie
2: dolan i'm the oldest sister i'm in dallas texas i've lived and worked all over the world but you know what sisters i have a really good feeling about today
0: you do
1: okay <laughs> i have a really good feeling about today <laughs> and the show that's Okay. okay <laughs> that, that's well, good okay Well, here's what's happening on the show. We do have not one, but two snack stories. So we are covering all the news from the land of snacks. Uh, The first concerns, like who really invented Flamin' Hot Cheetos? Not a question I had considered before I read an explosive uh, piece (laughs) in the Los Angeles Times yesterday. Also, if you're trying to launch a new snack food. How do you do that in the middle of a pandemic? Some more interesting facts from the world of snacks. <laughs> so we've got that uh, snack facts. I like it. I like it, Liam. <laughs> Julie, we said we weren't going to talk about it last week because it seemed personal, but now it doesn't seem personal or private. Now it's exploding on the front pages. The Gates divorce. You want? Oh yeah, we're going to talk, about, talk about it today. I I've yes. got some. I've got some thoughts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. You also have Tuesday Trends about weddings. You've done some research. You actually researched. Yes. Yes. Wow. Don't ask a lot of follow-up questions. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Got it. Know how it goes. All right. Got it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we have some entertaining sisters recommendations. And a shout out to some of the new Rock and Roll Hall of Fame members. So, uh, But first, I just want to remind people that the Sweeney Sisters is out in paperback now. That is, yeah, (laughs) my book about secrets and sisterhood and sunshine it's a great beach read it's out in paperback and i'm going to tell you about some book club uh things that you can get in in on if you've chosen the sweeney sisters as your book club pick thank you very much or if you're just reading it on your own and then want to discuss afterwards i am relaunching the crowdcast book clubs from last year so stay tuned for that stay tuned okay all right
0: All right. Well, I wanted to fill you guys in on, uh, it's this week's installment of hashtag little victories. You know, I, you know, I broke my leg and my knee at the end of the year. I'm coming back. I'm coming back
1: sisters. Slowly,
0: slowly, but surely I'm getting there. And, um, I think on last week's show, I confessed that my physical therapy appointment had involved some crying Mm -hmm. and then the the follow-up appointment involved a little bit of a talking to and uh, that was from, <laughs> from from my physical therapist, who I just referred to as the beast. And she's like, okay, what, what is holding you back? I'm like, well, my broken leg. My broken leg appears to really be <laughs> holding me back. And she made it clear to me that, yes, some of it was in my leg, but that some of it was in my head. Uh-huh. And Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, you need this. This is the perfect physical therapist who can do both for you, both the healing and then the slapping around a little bit. That combo is a very unique combo that PT needs to do. So, so I came home and on Friday, I just decided, okay, I'm just going to self-certify myself on my living room stairs. You know, I have four steps from my dining room, and the main part of my apartment down into my living room. And I've been down there a few times when I have been supervised, when my occupational therapist, Sage, is here helping me, but I was too afraid to do it by myself uh, because I didn't think I was steady enough. So Friday afternoon, I just decided, this is it, I am doing it, she's right, I'm holding myself back. And I went up and down three times, and I just decided, okay, you are now self-certified. The stairs are safe. You can do the stairs. So so that was really exciting. And then I thought, okay, well, now I'm gonna go down there and do what I love to do down there, which is lay on my living room couch with Hooper and watch reruns of Key and Peel, right? That's what, <laughs> that's, what <laughs> that's what on Hulu. That's what I wanted to do. So Friday night, when the end of the workday came around, I'm like, okay, this is what this is what you gotta do now. You can just go down those stairs maybe have a little glass of wine maybe have some uh chips and salsa and then i realized well you're on the crutches so the carrying of the (laughs) beverages and snacks yeah that's a whole like higher certification level than i had Mm -hmm. and uh, so here's what i did and i was actually very proud of myself so i went and i got uh i got a backpack and there's a way, Liz. Yes, there is, Julie. <laughs> That's what it takes to recover from this kind of accident. So I go into the kitchen. Uh, I pour the wine into my one of my little National Geographic swell bottles, okay. and uh, put the cap on that. Put that in the backpack. Put a plastic cup in. Then I take a Ziploc bag and I fill it with uh, some pita chips, and another Ziploc bag and fill it with the homemade salsa. I had made that myself that afternoon. I put all of that in, in my backpack, and I like <laughs> hiked my way with my backpack <laughs> down into my living room and I just could not have been happier. That is like the biggest thing I've accomplished in so, so long. <laughs> biggest thing I've accomplished in 2021 well, is. Liz, I mean, yeah. if you could do a happy dance, I'm sure you were doing a happy dance. <laughs> anyway, so that hashtag little victory was the, the backpack full of like wine snacks. and chips and so- snacks. It's snacks, all Liz. Snacks. When you can serve your own snacks, you know, you are getting better, right? You can. So, yeah. That's it. Little victory. Hashtag. I did it. OK, that
2: is excellent, Liz. And really, congratulations. That, that's good. I mean, you're Thank talking you. about, about little victories. Well, Liz and Leon, I want to tell you that uh, you know how much I love tennis. I, I think it is the perfect game, physical, mental and social. But my tennis team this year, we we ended up in last Place, okay, dead last, like, not even close to another team. So, <laughs> but so we, there was no little victories going on on our tennis team, Liz and Liam. Yeah. But our team, you know, uh, you know, we take it pretty seriously. So we, what we did this past week, is we hired a sports psychologist. Okay, now stick with me. Now this wow. is what, This is a big-time sports psychologist. He works with rising tennis stars. These are teenagers that are trying to get college scholarships. They're trying to, you know, get on the circuit. Uh, you know, that's what he. But that's usually what he deals with. Okay, um, but uh, because and we could never afford him uh, um, otherwise. But because of COVID and Zoom calls. We worked it out that he would give us an hour and a half lecture, you know, or you know, do a pep second, talk,
1: pep talk, pep talk a pep talk,
2: li- literally, Leon, with our team. So now we have to realize that no one on our team is making a living from tennis. Okay, <laughs> we are not paying our mortgages from tennis. Okay, however, Liz and Leon, uh-huh. we do consider ourselves athletes, okay? Albeit aging athletic stars. That is uh-huh. really how we view ourselves. And we want to win. I mean, yeah. our opponents are the same age as we are. So why should they win, right? I mean, Good point. The, yeah. the name of our team is the Ace Kickers, okay? So we... <laughs> take it. I didn't make up that name. Truly, make-
1: that is unexpected. I like it.
2: Okay, okay. So the you know, these aging athletic stars, we want, we want we wanted to have this session. Now, this sports psychologist, I mean, he's never worked with middle-aged women, so he was a little surprised <laughs> that a, you know, we have a point of view. Though so there was a slight amount of backtalk, but we were all in and that we really did want to try to, you know, use some of the theories and practices that he has to make our game better so we can win. I have two things that I thought that came away from this session that I really felt like that would help anyone. You don't need to play tennis, but Liz, I, I think you exemplified this in your, in your uh, trip to your living room, but he was talking about, um, the first thing he said is that Tennis is a mental game. Okay, you know, and you can just think about examples of that, like the greatest player in the world, Serena Williams, right? Uh, Think about the US, US Open when she lost to that lower ranked Roberta Vinci. The, right. the Italian, that was total mental. She okay? beat herself.
1: Yeah. She, she beats, beat she only beats herself. No one can beat her.
2: No one can beat her. You know, the other open where there was the bad official call, you know, that was mental. Okay. So you, you have yeah. to realize how mental this is, as you did, Liz. I you did. You realize how the challenge in front of you is mental. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that Sean, our sports psychologist, took us through is whip The pony. Okay, write that down, sisters. (laughs)
0: Whip, whip the (laughs) pony. This is much edgier than we would normally expect from you, Julie. Okay, Uh, we're okay. We
2: are the ace kickers. Okay, (laughs) aging athletic stars. Okay, so this is your pre-shot ritual, like before you serve the ball. He said, every one of you, I want you to face the back of the court. I want you to adjust your strings, even if you don't need to, and then I want you to whip your ponytail, whip it. Okay. Even, and I'm thinking that I don't have a ponytail, but back straight, head high. It's just, he talked about the importance of rituals, of intentions, of mental toughness. You know, Uh you think, and that's, you know, that's what you have to do. Every time you, you know, you serve the ball, you can't be like, Oh, gee, maybe this ball will go in. Oh, I wonder yeah. if I still have my slice served, you know, you have to whip the pony. Okay?
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whew, I, I'm literally writing this down. for. Pep okay, talk this because,
2: and he said, you know, he said, think of Maria Sharapova. Think of every every match you've seen. What does she do? She turns to the back, she adjusts her strings, and then what does she do with her hair? She whips her pony. She whips her pony. Okay. (laughs) He said. He said all the ovas do it. Okay, so that is what he wants our team to do. Okay, so Liz, I want you every time you go to get on that sports bike, every time you have to go down the stairs, I want you to get set up, back straight, head Mm -hmm. up. Okay, Mm -hmm. body language, mental toughness. Yep. The second thing he talked about is um, he said tennis is really, uh, it's a problem times two mindset. And what he means by that is on tennis and doubles, you're thinking, what problems are they giving me and what problems are we giving them? Okay, that what you really have to do in tennis is exploit the weaknesses, mental or physical weaknesses of your opponents. But let's talk about the mental part. He said, you cannot let your opponent get into your head. He said, do not let your opponent build a condo in your head. <laughs> a condo. Because if he builds a condo, he's gonna build no. a hotel. Okay. And then no. you've lost the match. So in fact, he said, that is the Q word. Like you're in a you're in a doubles match, you just say to your apartment, condo and you both know what that means that you are going after them but i really thought about how many times in my life i have let other people build condos in my head right mm-hmm. you yeah. know like that you know or hotels you know or you know, whatever you know um, you can, just can't give up the real estate in your head okay that's mm-hmm. your head you have to you know i mean a in a lot of situations you don't need to exploit your you're, you're not on a tennis court trying to win a match, but you do need to think about that. And I thought that was another really good point about you yes. know, how much time we have with that, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's, mm-hmm. that's it, sisters. I want you to whip the pony <laughs> and okay. I want you to say condo, okay? <laughs> you When you sense someone is like doing that to you, you know, know what's going on there. No hotels, okay? Okay, all right. So we are, we are ready. We are going to, we're going to take some of these, some of the, some of the lessons from the, this session and we are going to go back, we're, you know, with all, with an all new intentions and confidence uh, and who knows, maybe even a few victories. Maybe oh, somebody's when when somebody's does the
1: season, when does the season fire up again? Now it I'm never excited. Ends, Lynn. It um, never ends, It never
2: ends for us every day. <laughs> every day, every practice lane, and you got to whip the pony. Okay. You can't,
1: you, can't, you can't wait till the season begins, right? No. Right. Good, right. good point. Wow. Julie, I was going to do another story about that. It has a psychology bent, but I think you've covered psychology for today. <laughs> I don't want to step on these valuable lessons. so I'm going to save mine for next I, week. I, th- I think we can use those right don't yeah, you yeah sure yes. okay
0: sure. yeah well it's exactly what the beast was saying to me when she's like so what is actually holding you back i was like well the leg okay the broken leg that doesn't bend and it's like what else and i'm like okay the fear <laughs> the <Right>. fear <laughs> the fear and the fear right. was taking up the fear was like a full-on hotel in my
1: head yeah see. Sure.
2: So you have just, yeah, you you at least had a hotel. You can't have that was. Okay. Okay.
1: All right, right, people, you heard it here first, Julie, that's some good stuff. Um, All right, when we return, we're going to be talking about snacks and the Gates divorce and wedding trends. So (laughs) really covering a lot of ground today. But first, we want to thank a couple of sponsors here at Satellite Sisters, Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame Leon, aren't there? See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Well, we're back.
2: And I know we said we weren't going to talk about Melinda and Bill Gates' divorce, but now we need to because,
0: well here's the here's the because bill makes us now yes he's making us
2: yeah okay the wall street journal reported yesterday yesterday that late in 2019 a microsoft engineer sent a letter to the board in which she said she had had a sexual relationship over the years with bill gates the microsoft board then hired a law firm to conduct an investigation in the meantime before the investigation was completed Bill Gates resigned from the board before the uh, full board could make a formal decision on the matter, meaning so he resigned before they had to vote him off. And then, um, you know, at the time, they said Bill was leaving the board so he could spend more time on philanthropy. But it's interesting to note that he was allowed to resign three months after he had been reelected to the board. So it wasn't like he was planning on on resigning at that right. time. So, what do we have here? We have, okay. some, we have- a, What do we okay. have, Joel? Whip this <laughs> pony, whip it. Come on, Julie, whip it, whip the pony. We have a billionaire who was behaving badly, right? And that he got away with it because he's a billionaire uh, and that he was allowed to do all, you know, to leave the board in a way that where he didn't face any re- repercussions. But others, pro- possibly all of the Microsoft employees, if a, s- a similar thing had happened to them, they would have had to, you know, they would have been fi- investigated, possibly fired, um, and had some financial re-
0: repercussions. Right. 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 So. You know, and in some of these cases, people say, well, why Why are we policing people's personal behavior? And this isn't really about the board of directors policing his personal behavior. You're the CEO of the company. This is just off limits. Come on, dude. You can literally do anything you want with your life except for that. <laughs> you know? right. It's just... Right. Like, which part of that do you not understand? And you're right, at lower levels in the company, you would, of course, not be allowed to do that. And you would, of course, be fired, or you would be, you know, you would be shown the door. So they showed him a lot of extra. And apparently, from the journal story, and also the the lengthy one that was in the New York Times, this behavior had been going on for quite a while. It wasn't right. just, the, it just wasn't the one affair. It was like, hitting on a lot of women at corporate functions like what the, yeah i mean just in in a really explicit kind of way like hey you know i'd really like to be with you you want to go get dinner like just like ew bill ew. i know yeah <laughs> just and just the fact that you're some like geek some socially awkward geek does not make that okay <laughs> exactly
1: liz yeah Anyway, well, I have to tell you, a couple years ago, I know I told this story on Satellite Sisters. I went to see Melinda French Gates uh, went on her book tour. Uh, she was interviewed by John Legend, and I walked out of there thinking, "My gosh, that is the most self actualized woman I have ever seen. Like she mm-hmm. speaks in complete sentences." And complete <laughs> thoughts and giant paragraphs, and you know, has thought through so much of her life. And uh, you know, being married to a great partner was a big part of that book and her strategy and what she was, you know, touting like finding the right person for you. So I was just sort of surprised and saddened by this. Like, yeah, it seemed like this is a lot of years in the making. And I think she'll be fine, but this is only going to get worse, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Yes. In terms of, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You
0: know, and I've also heard people say, well, you know, that they met at work, they dated at work. Right. Again, it's, he was a billionaire,
1: you know, he was a billionaire in his twenties, right? So before they, long before they married, he was a rich guy.
0: But it's, you know, A, Times have changed. Standards are different. Thank goodness we have higher standards. But also, yeah, people are allowed to date at work. You're two single people you meet at work. It, like That happens all the time. Thank right. goodness. Where else would you meet people if not <laughs> at work? People, right? Um, right. But, like when you're the CEO and there are standards that are being applied to all of your employees, you have to start applying them to yourself. So now you're, you're a zillionaire. You're the CEO. You've been married for like, decades. Yeah, no. Sorry, Bill. No, not buying it. Okay. okay. Good. Liz, back Thank and whipping you. the pony. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Okay. You know, and again, it's not about policing personal behavior. Exactly. Like, what are the standards inside the company that we're holding people to? And you can't decide that the person who doesn't get held to those standards is the most powerful person. No, not buying that.
1: Don't you remember when he walked away thinking, that seems weird. Yes. Like,
0: well, I, that's the reason why. Yeah, now we know.
1: Right. Yes. Because they made it sound like, well, now he's going to, with the same, um, you know, attention to detail and, and taking over the world that he applied to business, he's now going to apply to philanthropy. And this yes. was part yeah. of his plan all along. I just remember you're like, oh, okay. All right.
0: Well, by the uh, way, I'm not, I, I'm not taking anything away from what he has accomplished professionally, <laughs> correct. you correct. know,
1: oh. and with his philanthropy, it has nothing to do with that. Right. Okay, Liz. All right. All right, Liz going to going to going to fly this one by you, the flaming hot Cheetos um, situation and get your business take on that. Well, and Julie, I'm glad you with us. I saw
2: us. this story. I don't really understand this story. Okay. okay.
1: So, he, here's what we're going to do. We're, I'm going to give you the facts and then we're d- going to discuss the business aspect of this because this story broke Sunday in the Los Angeles Times. It's a really terrific piece of investigative reporting and writing. Great writing by Sam Dean. He uh, he spent a year researching who exactly was the inventor of the flame hot Cheetos. <laughs> now, I, no, I am not part of the che- Flamin' Hot Nation. You know this is not my community no. i didn 't realize that um, not only is it a hugely popular snack food, but they have a very loyal fan base and that um, the man who was presumed to have invented them, a member of the PepsiCo company, uh, also has like a cult following. He's become his own star and brand. I didn't know anything about it. So I read this as like, boy, this is sort of an interesting business story about corporate mythology and taking credit for your work and how things just get out there in the world and it can be hard to correct them. So here's what happened. Julie, the Flame and Hot brand was introed into the food market in early 1990. Okay, so it's Cheetos and it's other, uh, other things now, but it was meant to attract basically uh, the Hispanic market and beyond. People who liked really, really hot, messy snack foods, this was the one for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Loyal, super loyal fan base. Songs have been written about them. They've been so popular, they're hard to find in places. Yeah. Uh, school yeah, you th- know,
0: Julie, it reminded me a little bit of your Yeti lifestyle. There's yeah. definitely a Flamin' hot lifestyle. Okay. Yeah. okay. People, okay. people feel strongly affiliated with the Flame and Hot brand.
1: Yes. So over time, one employee, uh, a guy named Richard Montañez claimed that he had invented the Flaming Hot Cheetos. Okay. He was, uh, he started as a janitor in the warehouse at Rancho Cucamonga and became a senior marketing executive there. It's an improbable journey. It's a great story from janitor to senior marketing executive worked for Frito-Lay, PepsiCo for 40 years. And he was focused on introducing products to the Hispanic market in California and throughout the country. So It's a story that he started working into his speeches because he was invited to speak at a lot of corporations. He received a lot of community awards in the late 2000s. And he became kind of this folk hero. And the story started to spread on the Internet, right, that he was mentioning, hey, I invented the Flaming Hot Cheeto in his speeches when he accepted awards. And that made its way onto food blogs and things like that. But it was never verified because... Why, why would you verify that? He was, uh, you know, he worked for the company until 2019. But in 2018, the marketing executive who actually had developed the Flaming Out Cheetos <laughs> caught wind of the story. Uh, she is a woman named Lynn Greenfeld, and I liked reading this bit of the story because you can picture her, because mm-hmm. there she was in 1989. She was a newly minted MBA. Oh, I remember those little MBAs in 1989. That was kind of <laughs> my class out of college, and they came, and like that's the only way you could really get a job in marketing at those big companies at the time was to have an MBA, and she was put on this team to develop we're going to talk about this later, to develop these single-serve snack foods, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So when she read in a food blog, like an, a piece on Esquire.com or something, um, that this guy, Richard, was claiming to have invented it, she's like, that's not at all how it happened. There was no pitch meeting to 100 executives. It was me and my team in, in Chicago, and we had gotten a tip from a salesperson that, you know, we were getting killed. Fritos was getting killed killed in the <laughs> snack market out there. They needed something hotter, something sexier, something spicier. And so, like, she and her team, like, you know, went to gas stations and mini marts all over the Midwest looking for research and what could they create to attract in a small bag This the same customer that was getting by and they created flame and hot she came up with the name the logo design the essential mix of spices is the same and they did some test marketing in the early 90s so when she saw that someone else was claiming this she was concerned and it was an interesting concern because she was concerned that this wasn't the pepsico frito-lay way like they mm-hmm. didn't take individual credit for the products they created, because there is no I in team, Julie. No, there isn't, Leanne. No, there's not. (laughs) So so she called corporate, you know, as they say on The Office. She called corporate, and corporate was like, well, yeah, I don't know. It's out there. They didn't seem that concerned. So this writer at the LA Times actually got a tip at the tip line at the LA Times, like, something's going on with Flamin' Hot. You (laughs) (laughs) You should look into it. And he spent a year on this story. And there, are, of course, he interviewed dozens of executives from the company. There are email traces. There are you know, product launches. People have very specific memories of how the product was rolled out. So it looks like this Richard Montanez did not, in fact, create it. But oh. the, here's, the, here's the rub, Julie. He's sort of created a cottage industry from being the inventor. So he uh-huh. has a book coming out. Flaming Hot is in his, the title.
0: His second wow. memoir. His second <laughs> memoir about being the creator of the Flaming Hot. Yeah.
1: And then there's a movie about his life in the works. Uh, like, like legitimately in the works. Eva Longoria is making
0: it. Yes. Eva Longoria directed project about the story.
1: Yes. The rags to riches walked. story of
0: Richard Montaigne.
1: He makes oh. up to $50,000 a speech. Whoa, and, wait a minute. Yes. And so there are there were some compelling financial reasons to sort of look in and verify this story. So Liz, I, I mean, I just want to talk to you about like the idea that food is developed by one person. There's so many fun marketing pieces yeah, in yeah, this story. Yes, I sure encourage are. people to read it. Um, but uh, when the writer sets the scene, he said it was, quote, a cutthroat time in corporate foodstuffs. And then, after <laughs> like, the 80s, how, like, you know, the brands were getting killed, and all of a sudden there was Coke versus Pepsi, and they were spending a lot of money on that, and, like, right, PepsiCo right. was trying to beat off Domino's pizza delivery with Pizza oh. Hut. I mean, it was just... Oh. A- a tough time in corporate food stuffs. I love that. And then the other detail they went into really great detail, the writer, about how these things actually are developed. And so this was a rogue band, Liz. Mm-hmm. I know you're gonna explain this. Yeah, it's yeah. a rogue band of, of marketing executives, but one of them they just their whole job was to create small bags stuff that sold at 7-Eleven. You know those yeah. bags of food? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That are that clipped was the, on. Yeah. That you just yeah. grab and go. Yeah. 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 That was the small bag team is what they yeah. called them. Oh. And one of the marketing executives said he was on beef sticks and cookies, which thank God that's a job in America. Someone <laughs> is on beef stick development. But he said, I was on the cookie and Lynn was on the small bag. And I was like, That's the greatest. That's almost as good as Whip the Pony. I was on Yeah, Yeah, so so what I like. How does this happen? What (laughs) happened here?
0: What I liked about that detail in particular, sisters, is that you can imagine inside like Big Snack, right? Inside Mm -hmm. a company like Frito-Lay, if you have the prestige jobs, you're running some big brand, right? You're running Fritos or something. But instead, this little rogue team in Chicago, they're supposed to develop just these single serve bags of whatever, you know, you're not the big brands. You're just this sort of entrepreneurial rogue team trying to like cook some stuff up and get it out there in these single serving packages that are going into gas stations. So in the corporate hierarchy, I'm sure people are looking down on you, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're single serve, (laughs) you're small small bag, you're on the cookie. Yeah, that's not. (laughs) So I appreciate Lynn Greenfeld's like commitment to the team because she was on what was probably a low status team. And yet she created Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I mean, she even designed the bag. I mean, it was it was totally doing things, you know, on their own versus I'm sure in the Dallas HQ, they had hundreds of people doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the detail that the author of the LA Times story, Sam Dean, it just so happens, sadly, for some of the people in the story, he used to be a food blogger at Bon Appetit, and he wrote about food for a bunch of different magazines. So when this came into the tip line, as Liam said, well, first of all, imagine being the person that calls the tip line. He's <laughs> like, oh, hey, well,
2: people don't... like their Cheetos, apparently. Yes.
0: Something this. going on with and Hot that you don't understand. Somebody should look into that whole and Hot thing. I mean, so, so the chances that there was someone in the business department at the LA Times that cared enough about the and Hot tip to <laughs> spend a year working on it is fantastic to me. Yeah, I think then,
2: he's going to get a Pulitzer for this. Yeah, no yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, it's so entertaining on so many levels. This should be the movie. And then there's the part which me as a corporate communications and marketing person appreciates that, well, really, the story of Richard Montañez is, is actually better than the true story, right? So if you're the company, if you're Frito Lay, and he's out there saying, here's the story. I was the janitor. I pitched the CEO of the company. They adopted my idea. You might just say, well, that is an excellent story. Let's just go with that. Let's just, just not, we don't really need to stop that or correct that. So they obviously let it go for for many years until they, you know, until the anonymous tipster uh, blew the whistle, but I can kind of understand their dilemma. Like this guy has a great story and he's great at telling it. And we like, we like his story better than the real story. So sorry, Lynn Lynn Greenfeld. (laughs) I I
2: think she needs to be compensated for (laughs) in some way. Maybe moved out of small snacks.
1: (laughs) Well, she, no, one of the problems was she no longer works for the company. I mean, this was now 25 years ago. This was a long time ago. So one of the reasons that the myth was just allowed to get carried forward is people had left. People who were actually involved on that team left. So she's long gone from the company as is almost everyone else, except Richard, who was uh, basically retired- In 2019, because the CEO said you can't actually be Charging all that money for speeches if you actually work for us. So yeah. he was like, "Oh, okay, goodbye." But um, and there are in the in the story, Julie. There are other
0: legit claims that he made about things yeah. that he worked on and products that he helped create. Yeah, just so happens they were not flaming hot cheetos. That's right. all. Yeah. So yeah, not- he
1: had a very lively, creative corporate career for sure. Yes. yes. So, Liz, I just wanted to ask though about like the importance of corporate mythology in creating a corporate culture, though i mean mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. i mean is it necessary to have sort of these kind of stories out there that give hope yeah. to employees that you can rise and yeah. and it but- seems harmless basically
0: well, you you would prefer that the stories were true. True, though, okay. you know, not yeah. the ma- the made up stories. No, not so much. But the idea that any employee can make a huge contribution to the company and rise to the ranks. I mean, yeah, those are the kinds of stories you would really that you want to tell. You know, and. I remember even, okay, this is like way back in the day at Nike, the, the story like Nike Air was the little air pillows that filled with gas that are in your shoes or completely turned around the company's fortune. That was like some aerospace engineer that had created that actually for airplane tires, and then just kind of came on a whim, like peddled that around to the shoe companies and got that adopted and they got put in the shoes. And so telling the Frank Rudy, story I think his name was Frank Rudy, telling that story was an important part of the mythology, the, but it was true.
1: <laughs> you know? right. So okay. right.
0: That was great. It was, it was highly motivating to people. But then, you know, also people start getting credit for all kinds of things they didn't do. So this, this whole thing feels very familiar to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Liz, I get asked all the time because people know your history with Nike. Like people say, didn't your sister Liz uh, think up, just do it? <laughs> you, yeah, I get asked that all the time. I cannot tell
0: it? you how many times I've had to say, no, I did not think up, just do it. I feel like I spend more time denying that than almost anything else in my career. You okay. know, I, yeah. Well, first of all, people want to think that there's one person that did everything, right? right. And so, so. Yeah, I did not for the record. No, I did not. But I am frequently asked that and I don't I don't know how that rumor got started and believe me, I didn't start it. I I did not start okay, it. Okay,
2: you heard it here first on Satellite <laughs> Sisters,
0: right? I don't think you've ever denied that on Satellite Sisters and all the But years. I but, but I think it it commonly happens inside companies that like these teams of people work on something and that story isn't as sexy as saying oh this is the person that dreamed it all up so mm-hmm. richard Montaña is i mean in a way good for him he sort of took advantage of the need people have to want to hear that kind of story and he's obviously great at selling You're telling it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah all right well fascinating fascinating snack. Snack story. We'll put links to the LA Times story. There have been follow-ups. There have been podcasts. It's getting a lot of press now. But as I said, when I opened the paper Sunday, I just thought, "Oh, this is this is a great business story." Can't wait to talk to Liz about it. <laughs> All right, another great story on Sunday was the business of snack snacking from the New York Times, and uh, so it was about tracing how small snack foods like work their way into the system and become the next kind bar or pop chip. Okay. So, uh, so, and I, how does that happen? Okay. You know how it happens, Julie? It happens at office kitchens. So the story was really about how these small snack foods, the pandemic was terrible for them, even though people were eating their Faces off
2: during the <laughs> pandemic. Everybody has gained weight in the last. Yeah. Oh My
1: gosh. Yes. Okay. They adults, children, everybody. Yeah. We were just talking about Frito Lay. Frito Lay North America sold a billion dollars more Doritos, Cheetos, and Tostitos chips in 2020. Okay, but it was a huge year for big snack. Not a good year for small snack. And the way that these snacks get traction, Julie, is that they're placed in kitchens like Google and Facebook and Netflix. Uh-huh. So okay? like in
2: breakout rooms, the break rooms. Where yes, the- yes. Oh, yes. Okay.
1: So, or like they're at food fairs and they catch the attention of the buyer from Whole Foods. Well, no food fairs last year. Okay. Uh-huh. There are places that are open to new snacks, Liz. They, they enjoy being, you know, the arbiters oh. of good snacking. They're snack influencers. I, yes, snack influencers, Liz, uh, please. <laughs> and there are places like Equinox Gyms, Yoga oh, yeah. Studios. Sure. okay uh-huh. mm-hmm. those were all closed how about the idea like even at specialty markets if you go in you're in the checkout Ooh, there's the new snack stuff no no during the pandemic it was hand sanitizer toilet paper face masks oh yeah yeah like they right. cleared out that shelf space. no room Plastic for Snack
2: shields yeah, they're, no. yeah
1: okay so the poor small snack people did not have a good year but the, here's one of those business details that made me laugh but because people like Frito-Lay, my gosh, this is huge. They want to take advantage of this. So, so, so they did all kinds of things. Like if you started seeing more snack ads in Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and other social media markets, that's why. People were just ordering snacks on bulk at home. So they oh. started selling directly. Okay, And then they finally did this, which seems, I don't know, pretty obvious. But PepsiCo created a website called Snacks. Dot com <laughs> How did they not own that? How did you? How was that not available? Yeah. How but, is, right. How did they not? I mean.
0: Yeah, that seems like something they could have nailed down a while ago. A
1: while ago. Okay? Our sister Sheila should have owned that. Yes. <laughs> I know, Julie. I know. Her, her motto was literally breathe, reach, and snack <laughs> since, <laughs> since 2000. Okay. And here's what they're doing with the Snacks.com. They are mining data. They're letting consumers pick their own snack mixes. So you can see, he's excited. The chief growth officer there at PepsiCo, Michael yeah, Lindsay. Yeah. Oh, so they're pairing things like bear apple snacks and Flamin' Hot Funyuns. <laughs> what oh. the... <laughs> he said, now we're going to use the data to create new multi-packs for stores. I was like, oh my gosh, the snack food business. <laughs> snack food business. I mean, somebody's got to be serious about it, Land." So, <laughs> I,
2: I mean, I so. <laughs> you're not but this is someone's life work, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Pretty serious about it. So where, where is the next Cheeto brand extension going to come from, Leanne? Where's it going to come from? Snacks.com Liz. (laughs) Snacks.com.
1: All right.
0: Oh my God. Okay.
1: Okay. Jewel. I know we have some Tuesday wedding trends. so we have time for that. Okay. Okay. Well, as you may be
2: aware, sisters, uh, millions maybe billions of people are going to get married in 2021 okay <laughs> because that's not an actual fact but millions are you know many people postponed weddings so now they're they're getting geared up for weddings this spring this summer and can i just say to all the brides the grooms the parents of the brides and grooms you know, that is so wonderful, isn't it? I mean, I just love in the time of COVID, I I just want to cheer people on, uh, and then to have a wedding celebration, when you have, you know, which is always so emotional, and always complicated, to have this whole other layer of complication, just good for you, whatever you decide to do, you know, I mean, certainly last year thing people kept things very small um they had mini monies have you heard that term mini money oh
1: no that's cute though that's
2: cute what is that mini monies like little ceremonies liz oh okay you got that
1: (laughs) come on liz Come
0: on, there's come just on. so much new lingo on today's show. I'm whipping the pony. <laughs> I'm is there mini monies. It's a lot to learn here Snacks today. Lunch lunch. Lunch. You just
2: oh, gotta yeah. keep that keep that head, head space clear, Liz, and, and, and follow along. But here are some big trends um that you know that that people are working on. Number one, it appears that your website, wedding website, now needs to resemble something like the CDC, because you have to have <laughs> FAQs on it, you oh, have right. to it has to be, you know, updated constantly look at look at the, the situation with masks. what do right. you do i mean
0: yeah, yeah. you
2: know uh, a vaccination uh, do you allow flower girls okay okay uh, an unvaccinated flower girl at a wedding i don't know so these are all the kinds of things that that people putting on weddings or ho- planning to host weddings are doing but and i think one of the big things that you read in a lot of wedding blogs is everybody just got to go with it you know some virtual hybrids whatever you need um, certainly outdoor weddings are big, big, big. Okay. Uh, those are because those obviously seem safer. People are going with alternative dates, not just on Saturdays. Mm. I mean, you, there are, you know, there are no Saturday dates. So have your wedding on a different day. Okay. Mm, sure. uh, uh, different dining and seating layouts. Okay. You can skip the buffet. Past apps, they're out, okay? Uh, people aren't doing, doing that. They don't even want, you know, where you have the table, where you get your table assignments. Ugh, no. They don't want people conjugating. <laughs> congregating at tables oh <laughs> it's out but there was one um suggestion i don't know if this is a trend i would love to know that just made me chuckle because i thought about the weddings in our own family we've had some wonderful family weddings and people are developing a wristband system okay mm-hmm. green wristband means hugs are okay okay come on in <laughs> give me a hug okay mm-hmm. i haven't seen you cousin i haven't seen you i want, I want one Yellow is I'm comfortable talking with you, but no touching. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and red, six feet distances. Okay. So it just made wow. me think. Like I'm, I'm definitely put that green he- uh, uh, wristband on. <laughs>
1: green, I suspect you're a yellow wristbander. You know. I'm I'm a yellow. It's going to take me a while to get to green, but I'm close to green. I know you're close to green. Close to green. Our sister, Sheila, she's a red. She's She's a red, red, yeah.
2: Six six feet.
0: (laughs) I think she's just permanently a red. That's She always wanted to... She always wanted to have an excuse to be read, and now she does. So yeah. good. Okay.
2: So, uh, <laughs> so if you're using this wristband uh, system at your upcoming uh, ceremony, mini money, whatever you have, le- let us know. Let us know it works out. But I think okay. it is about being it is about being respectful. It is uh, trying to sure uh, to really make it work for everyone. They say mm-hmm. hand sanitizers are still number one party favors. Uh, I I think you can do better than that. <laughs>
1: just not those candied almond things. not the mints not the yeah Mm. nothing no touching no touching (laughs) okay all right Julie good reportage good reportage there thank you so much information (laughs) all right when we come back we have some entertaining sisters picks also I'm going to tell you how you can um, get in on the Sweeney sisters book clubs but first we want to thank a couple of sponsors And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. All right, sisters, it's time for Entertaining Sisters. And uh, I just wanted to remind people, though, that my book, The Sweeney Sisters, is out in paperback. And I know we have new listeners every week, so I don't know, maybe you haven't heard about my book. (laughs) So what's it
2: about Leanne?
1: You know what, Julie, I'm glad you asked. Uh, it's the story of three sisters who suddenly discover uh, due to some circumstances in a DNA test that there's a fourth sister out there. Uh-huh. And. Uh, so it it examines what the meaning of sisterhood is, and secrets, and family, and how you kind of find your place in this world, and what really matters to you and what doesn't. It's set in our hometown of Southport, Connecticut. So there is sailing, and there is uh, a great Fourth of July scene. There's blueberry muffins. There are jokes about topsiders in the books so that you don't get that in every book. Uh, but ultimately, it's a story about sisterhood. So um, so it's out in paperback now. And last year I did a whole series of book clubs on the platform crowdcast for people who had read the book And because book clubs weren't meeting. I just created a bring your own book club format So Mm -hmm. i'm doing that again for the sweeney sisters. There are two dates in june june 4th and june 17th. Let me make sure I have that, right Nope June 3rd and <laughs> June 17th. Uh, always, always worth checking. It's good. worth checking. Good. It's totally good worth work. checking. Check your work. Yes. That's and I don't even think that's right. I think it might be the 2nd and the 16th. All right. I'm <laughs> going to get these dates right. Anyway. We'll, we'll like put the, them. They'll be correct
0: in the show notes by the time we get the show published. How about that?
1: Yeah. I just had a lot to prepare for today's
2: show. I just it's didn't okay. put the dates it's down. Okay. Here's I mean, Leon, yeah. I can attest because I had you come to my book club. Yeah, you, uh, you are great in a book club setting. So, Thank you, Joy. Thanks. So I would encourage whenever these whenever these book clubs are
0: <laughs> sign up <laughs>
2: because you are going to learn a lot about you know about the book and Leon's writing process and and she's entertaining and fun and humble. So that's I would recommend it.
1: Thank you, Julie. Yeah, this is definitely, these are definitely for people who have already read the book. So you can ask me anything about the book at that time. And uh, we can talk about anything. They're not for, um, we don't, I don't tape them. I don't post them anywhere. So they really do try to emulate a book club as much as possible. But the good news is, unlike Zoom, you're not, uh, your photo is not on screen. So you can literally be in your pajamas and no one uh-huh. judges. So in your
0: undies, Yeah, in your yeah, the said set of these is recommended.
1: And, yeah. and uh, so that's the deal. So one is at four o'clock on the, I, I do it in two different time zones. So I'll put all the times and everything everywhere. In the show notes, I'll put it on social media. It's been in the newsletter. So if you're a Pep Talk subscriber, but I would love to have you. And if you pick your book for my, your book club, if you pick my book for your book club, I'm happy to come to your book club, whenever that is. Uh, it, now that it's out in paperback, I know a lot of book clubs don't read hardbacks. They only read paper. while well, it's out in paper. So if you want to schedule something for this summer or the fall, if you take a break during the summer, I am completely up for that and available. Uh, just contact me through my website, leandolan.com. So that's the Sweeney Sisters out in paperback now. Super exciting. Okay.
0: Well, I have a uh, clarification slash correction from last week. Uh, it's not something we do very often on Satellite Sisters because <laughs> if it's partially incorrect, honestly, we just don't don't care it's fine uh it seems like it seems like a low low stakes thing but last week uh we were talking about our favorite new show of the year uh which is girls five ever it just is so fun it's sort of like the official satellite sisters tv show i think sisters Mm -hmm. and um super entertaining and it's on the Peacock Network. Peacock is the streaming service from NBC Universal, And I said, and the good news is that Peacock is totally free. Well, apparently that's not true. Apparently it's kind of free and you can kind of watch like the first episode of Girls 5 Eva and there's other content that's totally free, but it depends on who your cable provider is anyway. I don't know how much this is going to cost you. That's, that's all I'm saying here. <laughs> okay. Is well, that the, the information I gave seemed definitive and I should not have been so definitive. So it's still a great TV show. You should still check it out. It's still on Peacock. The rest of it is really up to you. But you will enjoy. You will enjoy.
1: You know what? I watched two more episodes this week. Like you, Liz, I'm just meeting it out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is just a super funny show. I cannot... It's so fun. It's so fun and so funny. I mean, Renee Goldberry is so incredibly great in the show. Just they're mm-hmm. all great. Everything's great. The songs are great. The parody songs are great. It's just fantastic. So yeah, there you I just want to re, re-up my endorsement right. of that show.
0: Okay, good. That's good.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and is then, it me next? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I was trying to find the dates for my book club. <laughs> We're going to get those. Ooh, I got to focus. I got to, we still have a show to do here. All right. And, so, and take a second. Yeah. Turn,
2: go to the back yeah. of the Ooh. Go back to the screen. Look at, look at your strings. And then okay. I want you to whip the pony. And now get back in there.
1: Okay. All right, Jill, here you go. I have two historical fiction um, books to recommend this week. The first is the dictionary of lost words by Pip Williams. And the second is the hour of the rich by, Which by Chris Bohalian, I think he says it, Bohalian, actually. Um, So the first one, The Dictionary of Lost Words, is an unbelievable tale. It's based on a tiny thread of truth, which I think most great historical fiction is based on a little bit of truth. So this is the story of the founding and the creation of the Oxford English Dictionary. Okay, it's a massive project that took place in the late 1800s in Oxford, England, where they worked for four decades, okay, 40 years, to compile every word in the English language. but And they published them in volumes like A and B, C, D and E, F. Like they were published, you know, one after the other over the course of 40 years. So this has to do with a word that was left out of the original O-E-D, it went missing. And so Pip Williams is a writer who mainly writes nonfiction. This is her first novel. uh, And she's created this whole backstory of what happened to this missing word. And it is a great feminist retelling of this. Has to do with the daughter of one of the original, you know, philologists working on the project and how she grows up like working on the OED and how her whole life is words and her lifespan's, you know, 60, 70 years. It's just a fantastic tale. If you like words and academics and semantics, if you enjoy semantics, this is the book for you. It's just kind of a fun, interesting tale. I thought it was really unexpected and surprisingly moving. So hmm. it's called *The Dictionary of Lost Words* by Pip Williams, and the other one, *The Hour of the Witch*, is um, this has been described. I saw it described as um, as *The Handmaid's Tale*, you know, meets the Salem witch trials. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Oh. So there you go, right? That's a good hook, right? You're, you're kind of in. So it's a retelling of, you know, life in Boston. It's, it's set in Boston. Uh, it features like the Puritans there in the 1600s and what one woman goes through when she is trapped in a bad marriage. Okay, so, but it's written in a very plain spoken style. I'm listening to the audiobook. I'm just at the very end. It's being narrated by Chris Bojallian, who has written a million bestsellers, including The Flight Attendant. Um, I, I, it's narrated by his daughter, and she speaks very plainly. And you know what? Those Puritans, they had a lot of issues, is all I want to say. (laughs) (laughs) They had a lot of issues. That sounds
0: good, too, Leah.
1: It's really good. Both of them are really interesting sort of feminist retakes on something you think you might know a little bit about or might be interested in knowing more about. I enjoyed both of them very much.
2: All right, Leanne, good recommendations. Uh, Sisters, I'm coming to you today with a music recommendation, okay? I want to recommend the new album called The Marfa. M-A-R-F-A tapes with Jack Ingram, Miranda Lambert, and John Randall. Now these three artists uh, were, this this album was written together by these three artists over a series of retreats in Marfa, Texas. Now I've talked about uh, the fact that I've been to Marfa a couple of times. I think it's such a unique place. It's an artist community there. Um, It's in West Texas. This has just got three great voices three guitars that's it there is very little production maybe no production in this new album to me it sounds like a satellite sister show a little bit about that (laughs) particularly from the lost years the dark ages (laughs) you know but i but i just i can't i can't the songs are beautiful i think everyone should give it a listen so the marfa tapes is the name of the album
0: okay julie okay music recommendation all right all right well one more thing from the music world is uh the rock and roll hall of fame announced their new inductees last week and they picked one for you leon and one for you julie so yay (laughs) they've obviously been paying attention over all these years to women who have been overlooked and finally deserved their moment so first for you leon It's the Go-Go's. The Go-Go's will be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And uh, it's about time. When I think of the Go-Go's, I just automatically think of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that
1: was my A number one band in high school. The Go-Go's and Madonna. Like, just the Go-Go's, because their their first album, Beauty and the Beat, came out when I was, I think, a sophomore in high school. And that was it. Like, we had never seen girls do that. Play the guitars and write all the songs. And oh, my gosh. And they were all so great and so, so fun. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? You had never seen girls do that before and they haven't done that since.
0: That was one of the little facts I learned watching the Go-Go's documentary that's out. And I'm not even going to tell you where you can watch it, people, because I learned <laughs> yeah, don't. I learned my peacock lesson. I'm just going to say pay-per-view. I actually bought it on Amazon. You can buy it wherever you want. I'm not going to, I, I don't care. But there, there's a really great uh, documentary that came out last year about the Go-Go's. And, um, you know, there are just some, fantastic moments where you just see them having so much fun and really creating something new and being so successful and so surprised at all of that. And then other moments where things got very dark, serious drug issues, serious mental health issues, but some of the more lighthearted details. Okay, Leanne, you mentioned Beauty and the Beat, so Mm -hmm. you would appreciate this. When they shot the cover for Beauty and the Beat, that that concept where they're wrapped in towels and their faces are, they have face masks on. Yeah. That was Belinda Carlisle's idea for the shot, but their manager at the time actually went to Macy's, bought the towels, they shot the cover, and then she returned the towels to Macy's because they had no money. And oh she my needed, gosh. <laughs> she needed, I mean, and that was, that album went to number one and stayed there for a while. So it's just a classic album cover. And, uh, but the towels went back to Macy's. I thought you would. uh, I love that. That's incredible. And also their first music video, they only got to make because they got signed to IRS records by Miles Copeland, Mm -hmm. who is the brother of Stuart Copeland of the police. And so the police were making a music video and had some money left over. They did not spend all the money in the budget uh, for their video. So they gave it to the girls, and the girls got just the leftover $6,000 is what they made their first music video with. And oh it was- Oh my gosh, that's a great story. <laughs> yeah, Oh, anyway, a lot of great stories in this, uh, in this documentary, and then some also like how they broke apart and how they came back together. Anyway, highly, highly recommend, but congrats, uh, congrats to the Go-Go's. They were the first all-female band ever to have an album go to number one where they wrote all the songs, Played all the instruments where they did everything. They were the first that ever did that, and they are also the last. That has not wow. happened since. Wow. So, so I was surprised about that. I am okay. surprised that you're a go go expert, Liz,
2: but you're doing a fine job here.
0: Yeah. Well, just you watch the documentary, Jewel, and you get, you get the deets. So then for you, of course, I'm sure you noticed that finally, finally, your girl, Carol King. Uh, induct, solo artist inducted uh, into the rock and how, roll. How
2: album. is it that she wasn't in, like, the first year? I don't she,
0: understand. I, yeah. She was in as part of a duo, you know, with her songwriting partner, blah, 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 blah. But she was never in as an individual performer until now. So she is finally getting her due. So I think in general... It was a pretty good year for, for women in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tina Turner also got, uh, will get inducted this year. And then the others were Jay-Z, the Foo Fighters, and Todd Rundgren. So um, anyway, the go-go's for Leanne uh, and uh, Carol King for Julie. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah. I can't wait. I, I like watching that ceremony when they do the induction, if they have somebody interesting, um, you know, d- induct them and then do the music. So yes. they said, I saw, I read that Kathy Valentine of the Go-Go's wanted Haim, you know, the sisters, oh, the Bell sisters yeah. band uh, to, to, um, to be one of, to possibly induct them. She she gave hmm. a couple names. She said there are a lot of good people, but I would like to see Haim. Okay. Uh, so hmm. interesting to me.
0: All right. So, uh, two quick notes about reviews of Satellite Sisters. You know, we've asked you the past few shows to go and rate and review our show, especially in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, but Apple Podcasts is the best for us. And guess what, sisters? Our reviews are up a thousand percent. Like, I got, wow. I got an alert. A thousand percent. So, we love you listeners. Thank, Thank you. We you. Yes. Nice. ask, and you, this, is, this is the best gift you could give us is five stars and a review. So two that I want to give a special shout out to this week. Um, the review was written by someone named Still D- Dixie Landings to me. Don't know what that means, but five stars. And it says, Tuesday is now my favorite weekday. I found Satellite Sisters during lockdown. I was on furlough and decided I had to do something to make a difference. While I sewed over 3,000 face masks and donated 1,500 of them, I binged all episodes of Satellite Sisters. Thanks for helping me through the last year. So wow. that wow, That's fantastic. Someone who just found
1: us. That gives then- me chills. That's a great review.
0: Yes, it is. It's a great
1: story. I forget,
0: even if we weren't in it. Thank you. Yep. And then at the other end of the spectrum is Nancy QL, put this in Apple Podcasts, and she's been listening for a really long time. She wrote, many years ago, I used to listen to a show in my car when I was driving to work. The premise of the show was that sisters who lived in different cities met through the magic of radio once a week to catch up (laughs) with each other and Uh talk about issues that matter to them and to other women like them. I loved this show. This was before the internet. So the idea of connecting through the airways with friends far away seemed so original and cool and necessary. I don't know why I stopped listening to the show. Maybe the radio station I was listening to it on stopped carrying it. Well, yes, Nancy, that is true. Um, anyway, (laughs) scroll forward. She, she found us, she found us as a podcast. and, And then here's, this was my favorite part. Um, As soon as I heard the Dolan sisters' voices, I knew I'd rediscovered a long-lost refuge. My favorite part of the show, besides the fact that it's still here, is that the Satellite sisters have aged with me. I like other podcasts, but the invisibility of women my age, 55, in this space is very real. Thank you, Dolan sisters. So happy to have found you again. So, okay, that one gave me chills too. nice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Women our age, we still have plenty of things to say. We're, we're just whipping our ponies, Nancy. We're, That's what we're doing we're here now. <laughs> okay. So those are, right. thank, you for, thank you for rating and reviewing our show.
1: Liz, you're doing a good job on this task. All right. You know who else does a good job here? We would like to thank award-winning editor and engineer Sergio Enriquez. I mean, Sergio, you cleaned up on this week's podcast awards. Liz, explain what happened. because. We literally weren't even nominated, so we paid no (laughs) attention. But Sergio won everything, didn't he? Uh, Yes, yes. So
0: this week, or this year, was the first ever year of something new called the AMB Awards, A-M-B-I-E. The AMB Awards are new awards in podcasting, and they are given out by the newly formed Podcast Academy to try to just create legitimacy for podcasting. It's a big business now, sisters, right? So it deserves its own award ceremony. So the other night, Sunday night, they had the first annual Ambies. And two of the shows that won major Ambies, the hosts of the show, hosts and producers of the show, made a major point out of thanking their engineer, Sergio Enriquez. So that is the show that won podcast of the year. is called Dying for Sex, which is an amazing, fascinating show that we've mentioned before. And then the other one, I think it's called Eat the Rich. Is it Eat the Rich? Even the Rich? Even the Rich.
1: I don't
0: know, Sergio. Anyway, we'll put we'll put links in the show notes. But but so these are these are other shows for Wondery is our podcast network, and so these are other Wondery shows that Sergio works on that won awards. So congrats to Wondery, to these show producers, and especially to Sergio
1: Enriquez. Yes, congratulations, Sergio. Thank you. Thank you for all you do for us. It's even the rich, Liz. Even Even the the rich. rich. Okay, thank Uh, you. But maybe it makes you want to eat the rich. I don't know. (laughs) I'm guessing it does. Uh, All right. We'd also like to thank our wonderful graphic designer, Emily Loudermilk. If you uh, enjoy our graphics, we'd love to hear from you about that. Emily does a great job. You can follow us at Sat Sisters on Instagram. That's usually where we post the graphics. Also in our Facebook group, we would love to have you. It's a private group. Just search for the Satellite Sisters group on Facebook. Answer a couple of simple questions and you're in. Um, We would like to thank our sponsors. Thank you sponsors and thank you to the Satellite Sisters and Misters who support our sponsors really does keep us on the air. Thank you for your support. All right, so what's on your to do list. Uh, Julie, what do you got. Well,
2: I'm going to join the Mediterranean Pharaoh Salad uh, interest group, Liam, this week and make that Pharaoh Salad. It sounds delicious, looks delicious. Thanks for posting
0: the recipe.
1: Okay, it is. It's delicious. Liz, how about you? What's on your to-do list?
0: Okay, sisters, I am going to whip my pony, and uh, it's solo driving for me this week. This is the week, solo driving, I can do it. I, okay, I've broken it down. I can do all the... I can get down into my garage. I can get to my car. I can open and close the door. I can do all of the component parts. I just haven't put it all together yet. So that's what I'm doing this week. I will be driving myself around.
1: All right. Oh, Liz. Okay. Cool. That's huge. That's mm-hmm. oh, big. Yep. Yep. That's huge. All right. Well, I can just confirm the dates of my own book club. So June 3rd and June 16th. That's that's when they are. I'm going to be attending those June 3rd and June 16th. I don't know even know why I picked those two dates, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. So that's it. I'll be there June 3rd, June 16th. All right, everybody. Great show. Have a great week. You too, Liam. You too. All right. Don't forget, call your satellite sister.